Welcome to the Revital Health Podcast with Perth-based naturopath, Jodie Duval. In this week's episode, hear tips on health in the home, detoxing, workplace wellness programs, and anti-aging. And don't forget, you can follow Jodie on Instagram at Revital Health. Here's the Revital Health Podcast, and what a new intro, Jodie, for you on this uh, episode two of your podcast journey. Oh, it's fantastic. I love that. So today, of course, last week, if you hadn't listened, we were talking about mums and health and kids and parents in general and nutrition, and I hear you got some reasonably good feedback about your first episode. Yeah, people said it was very funny. Um, they did like you very much as well, Paul, so wow. that's a good sign. Good to know that the deaf community is listening to us then. So, But today is going to be an exciting show because I'm looking at my crayon-drawn sheet, but we're going to talk about home and sleep and a few other things that are really, really important to um, because... You're, I actually spent most of the night awake last night, so did you, and as well. So yeah. it's like yeah. so sleep is something that yeah. you know people in their thirty somethings need to get, well, any age, I guess, need to get plenty of. And you're going to share us some tips on the home. So we're going to launch into our home segment. I have got a pre, I've got a sound bite for it. So hang on one second. Now I have to look at my sheet. Here we go. <laughs> So home, Jody, tell us about home. So why is a healthy home just as important as a healthy diet or as, as exercise or anything else? So, and, and kind of, I guess, more context around what is a healthy home and, and what are the first things you need to look out for to make your home a healthy home? All right, yeah. So it's one of those things that are um, not taken into consideration very often um, or not as much as we um, put the emphasis on other things and I think it's uh, one of the most important things for a few reasons. Um, so one, um, it's it's a place of uh, rest, relaxation, recuperation uh, and these days we don't spend as much outside. So a majority of our time is actually spent indoors whether it's um, in the home or in the office. Uh, so this sort of health information comes from both angles of the home and the office. Uh, so what we what we come up against these days with our health is that um, in those environments there's certain chemicals, certain microbes, uh, certain um, things that are or allergy giving. Uh, particles that will uh, harm our health or keep us um, sick, which we don't want. So when you're looking at things like uh, dust mites or mould, some of these things that we can't see in the home. So um, even chemicals, um, flame retardants, so new furniture, new carpet, new paint even, you know, the chemicals off the paint. So in in a few ways these are um, giving us... uh, more immune reactions and therefore allergies as well and that's not really good for our um, you know, immune system and our, our body repairing itself. So that's just a, the, the basic overview and, um, and then obviously if you get into sleep in the home as well, you need a really good air, um, you know, clean air. So a lot of people are using air filters and things like that in their home, um, particularly when you're sleeping. So sleep is you know, imperative to our repair and I can go into more details about that later. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if anyone listened to episode one, they know that you know, Jody, you're the expert. I'm far from it, but the so if you do have dust mites, which I've, I mean, I've dodgy eyes, and a lot of people said the dust mites for a long period of time. Like, how do those things, like in your bedroom for sleep, like how does either dodgy air quality 
dust mites or whatever, like how does how do they keep you awake or how do they prevent you from not having the proper sleep? Yeah, good question. So what happens in some people that we're more susceptible? So it can be a, a genome or a DNA type issue where we're more susceptible to it. Our immune systems are more susceptible to it depending on how we've grown up and what we've been accustomed to early on. There's a big issue with um, over use of uh, Dettol and things like that. So we're a very hygiene society and that's not good for our immune system. We've got a lot of um, you know, antibiotics use um, early on. So in the first year of our life, we're meant to be getting the biggest exposure to microbes, uh, bacterias, and that will strengthen our immune system so we are prepared for more on onslaught of it later on in our life. Um, hence why farm yep. living, for example, is so good. Um, and you and I lived on a very open plan farm Indeed. type environment. So um, they do say that people who live outdoors and are in dirt, even eating dirt in the first yep. year and two years of life is so important. So what happens in the body is that um, the immune system reacts. So we call them mast cells and they can cause histamine reactions. So it's an inflammation response from the body, um, not wanting to uh, have these substances harm it. So then it actually goes forth and then causes these um, not very good symptoms in us, like sneezing, um, even long-term health issues. So it can be a big, big range. Um, I do see um, a lot of mycotoxin issues with mould, um, particularly the black mould. Uh, and it's more prevalent, though, in the East Coast, where it's more of a humid environment. But any water damage in any house can lead into uh, a mould issue if it's not rectified within 24 hours. It's a, it's a really big issue. So how do you cut through the noise of, I mean, you know, Dettol, another sponsor down the drain, Dettol and these kind of companies? <laughs> like, how do you cut through the noise? Because, I mean, most people would think that I need to, you know, if I've got young kiddos or whatever, they think I need to get this 99.9% germ-killing bacteria. I need to wipe my floors every day. I need to vacuum every day. I need to do with it. But, in fact, if you probably just don't do as much of that and maybe just chuck them in the... Well, not you're going to chuck your baby in the dirt, but, like, sort of put your baby in the dirt and whatnot, you're actually long-term. But, but how do you kind of... How do you position that argument without sounding like a crazy person? Yeah, it's hard. Um, and really, I think our focus needs to be more on ab uh, avoiding the chemicals. And so it depends on the dirt that you put in your child into, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's been sprayed by glyphosate, which is a complete another topic for another day as well. Um, and so if, if you're spraying herbicides, pesticides into your soils, then obviously it's going to be doing them more harm than good. Uh, environmental toxins, obviously. So what you're telling people is that you don't have to be so fastidious about trying to keep your hygiene if there's not a, a huge immune issue in your household. There are people who do need to be more careful, obviously. Um, and this um, type of podcast is obviously not giving you health advice. You obviously need to see a health professional like a naturopath yes. or a doctor first before you know, applying any of this information. But, um, yeah, you need to uh, you know, look at it from a level head. But really, the, the more bombardment the immune system gets, it's a good thing. Your body is um, now utilising the army that it's been given to, to help your body fight against that. If you don't train your army, it's never going to work. Jeez. 
Yeah. Timely. Um, yeah, well, all I was sort of taking was I don't need to clean my house anymore. That's sort of <laughs> mainly what I was taking well, out of we, it. But we can talk, yeah. but the dust mites are <laughs> the issue. It's the chemicals we're using to clean our house. That's the issue. We can use natural products. Even just an oregano oil in a vinegar is absolutely fine for cleaning your home. You don't need to go all out for the alcohol and the chemicals that are contained in those products. So that And that is also kind of – because a lot of the stuff – like. When we, last week we talked about foods and a lot of organic foods are reasonably expensive, but where you can mm. kind of make up the, the budget is you can actually clean your house relatively cheaply in terms of, you know, if you're using oils and, and water. You can actually, for, for people who don't know, like you can, for the things you may use to clean your floorboards or, or whatever, you can actually get away with it pretty cheaply. Oh, yeah. And there's products out there like Enyo and Norex and um, brands of um, products that use only cloth-based and uh, silver-type particles within their within their materials and that's all you really need to clean just that and water so all of this the, the cleaning like that is what else well go back to sleep for a minute mm. because we've talked about things that could be environment. like what else affects sleep what else affects sleep yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm going down a rabbit hole here <laughs> So to start with, I'll give you a bit of an overview of why sleep is so important. And there's been yep. a lot more updated research the, um, and uh, books written just recently on why sleep is so important. And it's really um, given us a completely new perspective on what happens in our sleep. So there's two forms of sleep. When we go to bed, um, we get into a non-REM sleep, and that's the deepest form of sleep. And then we fluctuate between REM Um, So that's the rapid eye movement sleep. So you'll see your eyes moving really rapidly, but the rest of the body is not moving whatsoever. So the muscles are completely flaccid and that's a protection mechanism. So in REM sleep is where we dream. And so when we dream, we have rapid movements of our body because we're dreaming these. So our body goes flaccid because otherwise we would do ourselves some harm (laughs) by moving around (laughs) too much. So then it swaps between the non-REM and the REM. So then... The deep sleep is where um, you integrate really ideas and you know file away all those memories that we've learnt or information stores that we've learnt. And then REM is sort of integrating into our current understanding. So these things and the deep REM obviously is where you get, or the non-REM is where you get the most repair. And so with our brain, it's actually they've found out there's a new system. So we've, we, everyone would probably have heard the lymphatic system. Yep. The lymphatic system clears the waste from our body. Now they found, or a few years ago, 2009, they found that there's a brain glymphatic system. So what happens at night is the brain sweeps out all the waste from the areas of the brain, all the plaques and everything, and that gets restored back to normal for the morning. So that's uh, one massive part to do with brain health, Alzheimer's, you know, any plaque-related health issues, um, sort of motor issues within the body. I don't know the answer to this question. I don't know if you do either, but it's, is it healthy to dream? It is. So you, so you need a good balance between the non-REM and the REM. Yes, some people may not remember the REM. depends if they've been waking up, woken up at a certain particular time of the REM. Um, but yes, you need to. So it will fluctuate about four times in the night, depends on the period that you sleep, um, between the non-REM and the REM, and that's healthy. You need to have both forms of um, sleep there and the different wave patterns in the brain. Yeah. Now, what if... You, so last night you said you, you couldn't... You had a period of time that you weren't... You are were awake, basically. Yeah. So if you are... so, And I'm sure that would happen to a lot of people listening to this, they would be awake for periods of time in the night. Like, so yes. if you are awake, what... 
from a health point of view, like what's best to do? To lay there and to kind of go, I'll try to go to sleep, to get up and go, well, I might go and do a yoga workout or I might or get up and go, I might stretch or like when you're at that point where you you are awake, you know you're awake, you know you're probably not going to go to sleep anytime soon, but you know, you might have your partner next to you or your kids and you don't want to turn lights on or blah, blah, blah. Like what is actually from a health point of view, what is like, what is your advice as what to do? Is it to lay there and just deal with it or get up and maybe stimulate your mind somehow? Yeah. So um, from the sleep expert position, um, and over 30 years research that's been put in from this particular um, professor that recommends it, um, he says that the funny thing about the, the sleep cycle and the circadian rhythm within the human is that if you lay in bed, um, the body associates, um, and if you're awake, laying in bed, it associates laying down with being awake. So the big thing is, is if you're laying awake at night, get up. Yep. So your your body knows the difference between up and laying down. So laying down in your bed is for sleeping rather than getting up. Yeah. So the big thing is to actually get up and do something. Read a book, yeah. do gentle yoga. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have a little bit of a glass of water and then try again um, whenever you think. But there's certain health issues um, related yep. to waking up at certain periods of the, of the night Um, And it's almost like a sleep debt that we get um, added up. So to explain that further, there's a certain um, endogenous uh, enzyme or protein that's called adenosine. And adenosine is what makes us, it builds up throughout the day and it makes us fall asleep at night. So it's like the sleep pressure, they call it. So then they fall asleep at night. But if you don't asleep for long long enough so you know they recommend between seven and nine hours is the optimal sleep time if you don't fall asleep for long enough then the adenosine doesn't get wiped out so it doesn't get cleaned back out of out of your body so then it builds up and it has a residual leftover effect for the next day so from a natural medicine point of view i mean we know that on the market there's 10,000 sleep tablets that will that will knock you out. But So two points. Like, A, if you were going... Say you were flying from Perth to London, which is like 17 hours and assuming yeah. you want to sleep, yeah. or just in general you want to sleep, and you don't want to take um, pharmacy brand sleeping tablets, what are like one or two things that people can try? Like, and, and before, even if... Is, I mean, I don't know. Is there an oil you can rub behind your ears? <laughs> so, I don't know. Is there... There is a few things, yeah. Herbal medicine, herbal extracts um, are the most... Uh, probably proven, I would say, with research. Um, so you have the anxiolytics um, and the, the nervine-type herbs that will help. So valerian's a very popular one. Um, you've got passion flower, even kava, and a mixture between kava and valerian. So different language here to you, I know. I know but, kava. Um, <laughs> you know kava, yeah, yeah. We, we utilise kava a lot in herbal medicine. Oh, really? It's herbalist, yeah. Definitely, and it works very well. You just pick it up from Fiji and just bring it up. <laughs> yeah, it's better in its extracted form. It tastes oh, a bit good. better too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then you can use that. There's also, for particular circumstances of jet lag, um, that's a completely different scenario. So you're trying to reboot your natural circadian rhythm. So you're trying to um, reinitiate your melatonin release. And so melatonin, the actual supplement or the, or the, the medication, can be useful in that scenario. Yeah. Only jet lag, they say, or people who have chronic sleep issues and don't want to be on sleeping tablets. 
There you go. Yeah. And if someone is out there, which most people would be tired at the moment and, and yes. lacking sleep, I mean, yes. that is that is a good idea to come and see you for issues around sleep. Yeah, sleep's so multifaceted. It's, uh, it's, it can really be anything. It can be stress-related, adrenal-related, hormonal-related, circadian rhythm-related, yeah. Child-related. Child-related and all those mums out there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I think I haven't had a proper night's sleep in about seven years. Yeah, no, well, that's what, exactly right. You, yeah. you spot on. But, I mean, is there is there something as well that you can, um, like, not saying you're going to knock your kid out, but, like, <laughs> is, there some, is, there, is there good things for kids as well? Like, because my daughter is not a great sleeper, never yeah. has been, never probably ever will. But is there yeah. something, like, for like unrestful kids like that that you can come in and have a chat about that and maybe they're missing something and yeah so kids again can have herbs and they really work quite well um again health and prevention and lifestyle is the best remedy against sleep even if you miss out on sleep and the rest of your life is going well and your nutrition is good then you don't notice it as much so it's when it's coupled with needing lots and lots of different things to remedy the fact that you haven't had enough sleep but with kids, um, they're very responsive, so herbs work, work really well, um, improving their diet. But generally it's an, inf- an issue of um, possible inflammation or allergies going on and it's creating more of those um, releases of the inflammation system and that he- heightens the body so it can't rest. Sleep. Yeah. So that the next part I want to get into, mm. like on sleep, and, and we talked about this, so I'm not magically making this stuff up, by the way, Um we talked before we started the podcast about community because there's one thing that, and in my household, to pull the curtain back, like my wife is a very strong believer in natural medicine and also speaks multiple languages. So it's sort of like we're kind of at a very, and is also foreign. So it's sort of a fairly bizarre, like a lot of people kind of don't get, I guess, the way we live our life. And mm. we talked before about community and if you are health conscious or a health conscious person and you're kind of going down a more natural root of medicine Mm. how difficult or hard or easy is it to find people to support in the community what you're doing and then kind of like build the message of trust and love around the natural side of life and medicine how hard is that Hmm. for those who are receptive um, it can be very easy so there's a really good community of people out there that are very open to it and the more you open yourself up and then learn more about it the more people you see that are actually out there doing the same thing so it's it's really huge worldwide um but in a in a community sense um for acceptance purposes people find um particularly clients that i have come in who i'm um coaching through certain scenarios in their life and they're generally having difficulty of some sort because their health is also suffering um, it's it's sort of like a cleansing of their current community or current relationships because of the fact that it's not serving them well anymore and they're generally the people that are yep. having difficulty with accepting um, that change in lifestyle. Yeah, so again, a lot of research, and I come back to research because it's one of those things that really fares well um, and it's, and it's, it's very medical-minded, I guess, and those in the community of the medical community can relate in a way to that research um, but the the communities out there that have really stayed stri- quite strong, um, and they call them the blue zone areas. I don't know if you've heard about that. I have, I mean, yeah. because I've seen it on Instagram. That's yeah. all. Yeah, 
um, and, and some of the older tribes, and they really um, measured of what, what was causing or helping them to live longer, yep. you know, the anti-aging type aspect. Um, and it was their really strong sense of community. And the, the problem is these days, and I'm saying it to my students daily and on a daily basis when I'm lecturing, is that the social media um, is just drawing us away from real relationships. And it's yep. the loneliness. It's, it's killing us faster than any cardiovascular disease risk. So it's increasing disease risk by 40%. It's and it's very true in what what you say, and it's kind of. I this week I went to I, I did a course on emotional diversity this week. Wow. So anyway, it, it was anyway. But cut a long story short, one of the things that this particular lecturer, whose name I've completely forgotten, who ran the course, um, was talking about connection and human connection, and it was how like humans will die unless they've got connection, like something like which is I know slightly dramatic, but it's like and you talk about community and. But I, I would assume, and I could be completely wrong here, but I would assume that you would see a lot of patients who would come in and say, I want to live my life a certain way, a certain health way, but my partner, blah, 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 is completely not on board and therefore when I go to cook dinner and I want to cook whatever and they want to have steak and chips, for argument's sake, like I would assume that that is a really normal thing that happens most Very normal, days. very normal. Yeah, I get it almost daily. Yeah, um, and with kids too, yep. because kids um, with a with a mum and dad who have been cooking a certain way and, yep. and eating a certain way, and then suddenly changing their lifestyle is a big. Um, yeah, it, it plays a massive part on on the family dynamic. Yeah, but how do you like? I mean, what what advice do you give? Because you can't like you can't really say, oh well, you need to just go and ditch your partner and then <laughs> move on and live another life. But it's like, no. But how do you? I mean. How do you get to the point of kind of going, okay, well, I'm, like, is it an internal thing? It's like, okay, I'm going to live this confidence. I understand that's your view. This is my view and it makes me feel better. And to continually pull the curtain back, I went off my green powder for a few weeks, felt terrible, came just literally, I've only got it right next to me at the moment. But it's <laughs> like, like, how do you get people to embrace it though? I, I, yeah. I just, I think that'd yeah. be such a difficult thing to do because there are extraordinarily closed-minded people in the world. Yeah. Um, so for me, my practice, it's really finding that motivi- motivating factor, the passion in the person's life and the spark back in their eyes about what they are actually doing this for. It's, it's something more, far more motivating than just personal um, want yep. for something. So really this, these are lifestyle changes that people are making um, and anyone out there listening to this is that you need to just take it one step at a time. It really doesn't have to be an all-out thing yep. because it's not going to last, it's not going to be sustainable and you just need to take it one step at a time and slowly, slowly things start to, to come together. Unfortunately, we also live in a society that um, we need everything immediately and we're used to getting it immediately you know, yep. online shopping, walking to the shop, getting a, you know, buying our fruits and veggies, not having to wait for them to grow in our garden to then eat them. Yep. So um, we ha- we're very impatient. So when it comes to our own health, we're also impatient. So taking it one step at a time. And generally what happens within a family environment or with partners is that the other person sees how good the other person is feeling and yep. is looking yep. and then they want some of the same without them even having to pressure that person. That's just we, we follow the crowd of, of best practice. So there you go. So yeah. for all the people that are in that boat, stay yeah. strong. Stay strong at some and, point. and don't judge. You know, it's something that we can get really caught up in if we're very passionate about. Um, and I've been accustomed to that at times. Um, obviously, I'm in the industry as well. But now it's just you have to be quite humble and just accepting that people take yep. time to get to that point. Yeah. 
And secondly, like from a kid's perspective now, like if you're trying to give your kid a life, that may be her, you know, maybe they have a plant-based diet, maybe they have whatever, like, it's, like a, maybe they have something that is not considered normal. Mm. Like is it best if you're putting a kid down that line? Like, and, and like the, I, I don't know what foods you're necessarily eating, but is it best to make them look as quote-unquote normal as possible is that like is that kind of a good thing, a bad thing? <laughs> um, I guess it depends on where you started the education with the child. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for me, because I I am who I am and yep. what I've studied is that with my kids, they generally have seen things that have been very different from the get go. Yeah. You know, like my my son he calls hemp seeds his magic seeds, and he'll yep. just eat, you know eat them out of a glass. Yep. Uh, and seaweed is very, very normal, that yep. sort of thing. So he has no problem going to school and opening his lunchbox and, yep. and he'll just tell them all about it and what the health yep. benefits are yep. uh, and then come home and tell me what other kids may have had and, oh, mummy, they must be feeling quite sick. That's mm. not very good, is it? And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, they don't know any better. <laughs> we just tell them if they, if they want to hear it, they'll hear it. <laughs> but out of interest, do it like... Do other parents, because I think like hemp is something that people don't quite grasp. <laughs> are people like going, why is he getting stoned? <laughs> Like, what kind of mother lets the child eat <laughs> beans that he's going to get just stoned and he's living this yeah, I know. and confused life? I know. These hippie people, yeah. what are they doing with their hemp foods? Yeah, yeah no, it, the good thing is that it's now been, hemp has particularly been legalised and the confusion is between hemp and cannabis and the difference between the two. Yep. Um, and luckily now cannabis is getting more good media um, and even the college I'm working for, they're doing so much more research on it. So there's a lot more research studies on the, the yep. health benefits of the cannabinoids within the cannabis. Yep. And it's been around for years. It's just um, more of a, a safety issue for people who have been misusing it in the past. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so CBD um, it, from hemp is a very good therapeutic agent. Uh, and we can talk more about that. I have someone interesting I might bring onto the podcast to have us give us a little bit more information on that particular topic. Hemp, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, like there's, there's many good, many good uh, songs that I can intro, uh, intro <laughs> a hemp se- segment too, or cannabis. There you uh, go. <laughs> Snoop Dogg might feature on the That's podcast right. sometimes. Yes, so, yes. And, so, sleep, diet, home, cleanliness. Yeah. Community, getting the right people around, getting like this sense of home in broader than the four walls. From a home point of view, like, and we talked about soil before, and I, I know we've talked about soil in, in the past. Mm. Like, if you move into a new home or if you are now sort of conscious about going, oh, maybe I will chuck my kid in the dirt. Yeah. How do you test your soil? And, like, mm-hmm. like who do you talk to? You can talk to garden centres, but um, for testing chemicals, you have to send them over to specific laboratories. Um, so over east is generally the place. WA have, has a yep. few. Um, there's particular um, people like a, a lady in Perth. Um, she has a company called Building Biology WA, yep. um, and she does a, a rigorous testing of your house. That you know, it's like almost a couple of thousand dollars, but she tests everything from yep. heavy metals in your water. She tests um, all the dust and the particles and the different microbes living in your house. The the paint, the if you have any lead, asbestos, um, any particles of free floating chemicals in the air. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, and the soils and all that sort of thing. So those sorts of um, inf- informations if people want to go for is, is it's there, definitely, yeah. And I notice for home builders now as well, mm. there's a lot more home builders who are conscious about like building homes that uh, yeah. may not be yeah, exactly. death traps. Yeah, 
Um, and there's now even paint um, I heard the other day that you can put on your walls to stop emissions of EMF. Yep. Uh, and uh, someone like the Building Biology WA would also test your EMF ranges within your home because, of yep. course, they're now shown to be very harmful, particularly yep. to children. Um, so you can do measures to actually block some of the 5G that's been um, rolled out over, over the country at the moment. So that comes into the home health as well and workplace health. Uh, if those people are on computer screens or are, uh, um, around a lot of EMF all day long, you need to put some protection mechanisms in place to, to help yourself. I'm going to ask a slightly ridiculous question now, just but this is because I have a slightly ridiculous brain. It's um, So if you were to compare a baby, like mm. say there's a baby to a, a mum that we would consider in a normal house and clean freak and whatnot and breastfeeds a child for a period of time and then puts them on a bottle. Like So that's child A. Child B lives in... You know, a tribe in Africa in a hut, a mud hut that is breastfed, and and then there's child C who say is in an indigenous community in Australia, in again in a predominantly like red dirt sort of environment. Mm-hmm. Would child B and C, in theory, be like? I know there's external factors beyond that, of course, but at yeah. a fundamental level, would child yeah. B and C be better prepared for like future like allergy problems, etc.? Yes. Yes, yeah. They will have um, generally less allergies, less reactivity to certain products, um, you know, less skin allergies. Even if they haven't, even if they come across, you know, some severe chemicals, the immune system's had time to build its army, so it's it's yep. better prepared for any anything that's coming on. Um, you know, obviously it's it's also food related too. So yep. what sort of chemicals and, and things that are destroying the gut lining? So yep. it comes down to gut too. Because the gut is um, involved in the protection of the, yep. you know, it's that, it's that hollow hole that goes from the top to the end. So anything that comes through, it's really highly, um, yeah, absorbed. So in a way, we're like running in completely the wrong direction because we mm. need to actually, because something else that this emotional diversity lady told me, which I thought was interesting, I wanted to ask you, which actually sort of has something to do with the home. But she was saying if you go to, she was talking about gut health. She was talking about the, the emotional minds, your head, your heart, your gut. Yeah. Um, she was saying around like if you went to the veggie sh- or went to the grocery store now, like there's probably a hundred or whatever fruits or veggies. Maybe I think that's what she said. Maybe, number might be wrong, but that were never part of society hundred years ago. Yeah. So yeah. like we're, huge diversity. So we're like completely going in a direction where we're just ridiculous in some ways in going in. Yes, yeah. So from from one point of view, we do need a good diversity of food for our gut because of the microbes. and rainbow. Yeah, we need the rainbow. But the extent that we're doing it and unseasonal foods and foods coming that are grown in other climates and then brought to an area that it's not climatically suited, um, then it's not going to be suited for us who is living on that particular environment. So... Uh, yeah, we're not we're not we're not connecting with nature the way we should do, and it's just the basic human needs. Um, and I spoke to you before the podcast a little bit about it. Is that you know our our healing with nature is so far removed, and that's really all we need to provide as a base to actually heal our bodies. And so many of us don't do a lot of it, uh, which is you know quite quite simple. I wanted to pick, pull a stat, and I have sent this to you before. Um, but the, this emotional lady, emotional, I shouldn't call her emotional lady, emotional diversity yeah. coach. And 
just talk amongst yourselves while I find what I'm looking at. Oh, here it is. She was saying, because she was talking about hugging and when you say about connection and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So this is something that says that the number of times a person craves a hug in a day is 13. 9.5 number of seconds an average hug lasts. However, a number of seconds for a hug to have medical healing properties is 20 seconds. Exactly. So and that, that is the oxytocin, um, oxytocin re- release of hormones that happens after that 20 yeah. seconds. Because yeah. we were talking about the workplace, and she was actually talking about hugging for a second about the connection community, like bringing us back to our nature's, you know, our old times, and obviously how bizarrely awkward it would be if yeah. you, know, you had five people that you worked with and you spent the first minute hugging everyone for 20 seconds. <laughs> like, probably doesn't work. But there are, like, it's just, it's fascinating, though. Like, just all this stuff that's just, where it just, as you said, we want everything instant, we're in a hurry. Yeah, that's right. And then it's ridiculous. You give someone a hug and you're worried if you're going to be sued. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like how I know. far how far gone are we really? But it's time to bring a lot of pe- a lot of people are bringing it back. Obviously, yeah. like you, there's courses like this out there, which is fantastic. You know, there it's is. bringing it more to the forefront of people's minds. So they're like, hmm, they're starting to think about it a bit more. Twenty second hugs could yeah, be a thing. Yeah. We'll talk about work. I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to talk about work quickly and, and work because we've covered the home. But like, yeah. obviously, most yeah. people like me spend more time at work than yeah. work and they home, do you know? at it's home. Both so, included. Yeah. So let's just launch into work for one second. I'm working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Barely getting by. It's all a ticking and no giving. They just use your mind. They never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. I said nine to five. The service and devotion. You would Greatness. Nine to five. Good old Dolly. Good well, that wasn't Dolly because you have to go and get covers because like you, you yeah. end up getting sued by yeah. the, the people. So we don't want that. We're just trying to provide people information. That's right. We don't need the record companies coming after us just yet. No. Um, work, which is a whole topic on its own, but I kind of I think linking just from the home perspective. So mm-hmm. you know you've done what you need to do at home to best prepare yourself. And yeah. then, you know, you go to work and typically they hire a cleaning company that uses every cl- chemical under the sun. Yeah. Uh, if your office is rather large, I mean, there's there's 120 people at my office over three levels and lots of whatnot happening. Like, your personal space, I guess, like what what are some just key things to start with? So to extend what you're doing at home into the office without looking like, you know, without mm-hmm. sort of, you know, like, completely upsetting i mean we as i said we probably can't go and hug everyone for 20 <laughs> seconds but like, like what, a, what you a, could try someone could might try. get I mean, upset though. it'd be probably good for me because yeah. I'd, I'd waste a few hours in the morning <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be quite yeah, a, yeah, quite a good hug every hour that's, yeah. that's a good Just the, the hug games. <laughs> yeah um yeah. but yeah other than hugs you could you can do sort of diffusing so making your air quality better yep. so around your office environment or something like a himalayan salt lamp like i've got on my desk here or a little yep. diffuser like that with some nice little oils to include in, you know improve the quality of your air um some emf protection so you can use some device that actually helps diffuse some of the emf um, signals and waves so yep. it can help with the the brain function and Im- um, immune system and Inflammation. Yep. Um, the the lighting is a big one, and I haven't touched it on it yet because of sleep. But um, yep. lights a huge impact on our sleep. So yep. um, some basic light, lighting issues within the office because it's very unnatural light. Plus what's coming off our computers, which is the the blue light. And we ideally after twelve o'clock we need more of the orange light to then prepare us into the release of melatonin um, and bring us into that circadian rhythm again for sleep. 
And when you get, you know, we, then we go home and we turn on all the artificial lights and our computers and our screens of any sort, you know, iPads and phones and that sort of thing. Um, but in the office, so you can obviously wear, there's glasses that you can wear that can diffuse and change it into a, more of an orange light. Or there is um, on computer programs like Philux. Yep. And those are definitely recommended for people who have issues with their eyes um, or anyone, really. It just helps that hormone signalling. Yeah. So, and, and something that you're doing, which I think is quite cool, is over time you kind of get, try to get into the workspace to sort of figure out and, and talk to, to companies about how effectively – and I'll tell a personal st- – well, it's not really that personal, but it's like – so I came and saw you in December mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And I think my metabolic age was like 50, well, I'm 38, and I think, mm-hmm. am I 38? I am 38. Uh, <laughs> I get confused all the time, too. So, um, but I think my metabolic age was 50-something, yeah. and which was kind of scary. And then, yeah. like, I went on holidays for three weeks, and I came back and saw you three weeks later, and my metabolic age was 38. And then I went back to work, and a few weeks later, my my, my age was like 40-something. Yep. Yeah. So, like, clearly, like, work is slowly killing me and many other people. Mm-hmm. Like, why Definitely. do people, like, not, like, it seems weird because if you had asbestos in the roof, people would do something about it. Yeah. But why is people not doing something about it? Money rules the world. Industrial age was born and that's it. It's done. You know, it's, it's hard to go back from that. Um, touching on the biological age first. So, that for those who don't know, you can do a... Um, Bioimpedance analysis, and you can test, um, you know, the, the the wavelengths through the body, and you can actually test the hydration and the muscle mass and the fat mass and all that sort of thing. So yep. that gives you a bit of an idea of um, what your biological age might be yep. um, with your bone mass. So that's that point. Um, so it's a whole range of different factors brought together. But yeah, why people aren't doing anything about it? There are there are movements more towards, um, and people just realizing their passions. Um, and you know, people have studied for years and they feel stuck. Yep. Um, and the amount of times I get people into my office that are just like, I'm really miserable and I really don't like my job, but I need the money and I'm, I don't see any way out. So it's really we've lost that capacity to use the right side of the brain um, and really think outside the box that we live in, uh, literally. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the box of our car, <laughs> the box of our office, the box of our home. Uh, and to go out there and, and, and really take a chance and, and take a leap. Yeah, and yep. so for those who do, it's scary as anything. Um, and my husband has done it just a couple of years ago, quit everything and then just started a completely new career. And it's so scary, but the passion that it brings up yep. um, and just reigniting that inner fire, that's part of living. That increases your longevity. It makes you anti-age, you know. So oh. that's, that is the key. But uh, big corporations aren't going to like that we're saying this because, you know, they need the money. They need people working there for them. Well, they do. And it's and it's like it goes back to schools and schools are invented to, for the Industrial Revolution, etc. Mm. Like it, but it's it's just strange, isn't it? Like it's, it's strange that no one really seemingly cares about it, though. Like it, it doesn't – like it's just weird. Like it, it – like – and it's weird for me because it's like if I was to start a business – tomorrow and like presumably went into an office space like like i might be i'd be far more conscious about it now but Mm. i probably wouldn't like i wouldn't realize like fundamentally i'm just like basically ending people's lives soon well i'm not well and this is where it gets confusing because people talk about so like in the hunter gatherers time people might have lived until they're 31 but like probably they're going to get killed by a tiger or something like that but it's (laughs) but it's um or (laughs) dive like wound problems but 
I mean, it's because it's hard. Because isn't it? if you if you go back and say, well, you got to be more like that, people are going to go, well, that's great. But then everyone died when they were thirty. So yeah. But now we're yeah. kind of going. Well, hang on. We yep. You're going to die when you're eighty. But yeah, it's just weird. It's just a it's, weird. Thing. It's really a whole uh, picture that yep. comes into it. We're we're all burning the candle at both ends. There's high pressure on us for society to perform. Um, the media is selling us these. Um, foods that aren't serving us well for our bodies so then we feel more tired then we're having more coffee more stimulants more drugs more um, more sedentary act and without activity you know we're sitting down more um, and we're not getting the good endorphin release we're not getting getting really good relationships because now it's all on social media and there's a whole thing of loneliness so it's a whole picture it's really all comes together so again the even with diet and the food it's one step at a time and once people realize there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel then they just run for it yeah yeah so like maybe like the solution is like in my head like we'll find a field we'll build a bunch of huts like, like and have like, like a veggie patch there and people yeah. can like like Living work in their cubicles yeah, in, yeah. in their hut <laughs> yeah we can cook by fire everything will be fine <laughs> love it i want to see a pictorial of that and I, I'd like it might be a little difficult to get off the ground but, <laughs> but you never know <laughs> or finding the land for it at this time yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. That, that could be a problem as well. But but there's some simple things you yeah. can do, you know, it's, and it's bringing back passion into people's lives and yep. allowing them a bit more leeway to do what they really enjoy. Yep. Um, and in the office it's really hard because they're stuck in front of a computer, but if you can get more movement happening, more activity happening, um, even more community-based activities and then less sitting down and working but more movement. Like even I said in, in one of the first couple of consults, yep. I'm like moving meetings, like that should be a thing. You should be walking and meeting. It's the left and right side brain we're yep. actually getting – more knowledge in, yeah. Something that, again, why people who may, may not... I mean, someone could listen to this 41 minutes and, and think the whole load is crap, but this is one thing that if you're then like a like a person who is a, a worker, like, or not necessarily work, or a business owner or whatever you may well be, one of the big things about, like, getting on board in terms of coming to see you and, and getting healthy is performance within... So you forget everything else, and, and one thing that people learn as well is, is around if they are buying into what you're doing, like performance increases. Now I work in a highly, 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 highly performance-based industry, which mm. is all around ratings and around numbers and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But if people aren't taking care of themselves, they cannot perform, and that's the one thing I've fundamentally figured out about people. Because you could dangle the greatest carrot to someone, mm-hmm. but if they're mentally not up to perform, they will not perform. Yep. And one hundred, one hundred percent of people that I see coming into my office or my clinic is that everyone has the same thing that they say: "I have no energy, I'm fatigued, and I don't feel very good." And the, th- the point is that people never realise what it actually feels yep. like to be of full energy. I don't think most people yep. have ever felt it in their adult life. So when you get a taste of that from actually just improving your, your, your health just a yep. little bit, it's addictive. And yep. so your performance is going to go through the roof. Um, you're going to have less sick days. You're going to have more mental clarity, more focus, more concentration. And there can be so many other things that you can just do to keep on building on that. It's amazing. Yeah. And for the record, I was one of those persons <laughs> that came in and said that. But you know what? If you go and you seek help and, and you get solutions, then it's great. Um, and one thing you were saying, like from mental clarity point of view, because that's the one thing I think people don't get. If they're home, and it's kind of I guess tying all this to the, to the end, is if your home is 
you know, if there's there's issues with dust mites and, and your food and your, and your community and, and blah, 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 and then you go to work and you've got bad lighting and, like, all of this is going to make your mental health not very good and, and all of this is going to make your performance not very good and that's not really pie-in-the-sky stuff. That's, like, just science. It is and it's all connected so everything comes into one as well because we're such a multi-complex system with the human body. Um, so every part has a massive part to play to further pushing you toward disease, you know, yep. disease. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge, you know. So if you can just change tiny little steps along the way, it makes a massive difference. Well, there you have, you have the challenge. You have the challenge out there to fix your home. Fix your, but it all starts by coming to see, in my opinion, coming to see Jodie anyway and just having a conversation about life in general and, and things you can do. Instagram, you can reach out, of course, on Revital Health. Um, you can also go to your website, revitalhealth.com.au. There'll be links where you could click on from the podcast to, to kind of get in touch with you and just people drop a line. And, yeah. and I guess the one thing is, like, don't, like, there's nothing to lose by doing it. That's no, no. Um, and, you know, it doesn't, there, there's workshops out there that I'm doing and there's also Skype consultations that I can do. Yep. So you don't actually have to be local to the area. Um, and there's groups and you can go and chat on um, social medias to actually get more of an idea and things. And I'm, I'm quite a, a free information giving source and I say that to a lot of my students as well. I'm a bit of an open book. So I love um, helping people and that really is my purpose. So as much as, um, as you want, I will generally give. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, episode two in the books, anti-aging, we didn't quite get to. We'll get to that next time. Also detoxing as well in episode three. Uh, subscribe, it is now... Hopefully, if the good people of Apple have done their job, it is on iTunes as well. You can hit subscribe and then it just automatically goes on your phone. You don't need to do anything. You just need to press play when the notification comes through and says there's a new episode. Uh, also on SoundCloud as well, if you don't have if you have an Android device, look at it on SoundCloud. You can download the SoundCloud app as well and listen pretty easily to that. As always, it's been fun to do episode two. And Thanks, Paul. Episode three is just around the corner. Awesome. Can't wait. Thank you for being a friend Travel down the road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way